0: Equal Housing Lender. Member FDIC. Copyright
1: 2024. U.S. Bank. And a good Thursday morning. We're following breaking news.
2: Yeah, a tragic collision between Army helicopters over Kentucky. It's March the 30th. This is Today. Deadly crash. Casualties reported after two Blackhawks collide during a nighttime training near Fort Campbell, Kentucky. We are working together from a state level and from, from the military level, there's a lot of moving parts. We're on the scene live as that story unfolds. Breaking overnight, an American reporter for the Wall Street Journal detained in Russia, charged with espionage. The paper calling for his immediate release. The question now, how will the U.S. respond? Prayers for the Pope, New details on Pope Francis's condition now hospitalized just days before the start of Holy Week. The 86-year-old pontiff battling a respiratory infection. A live report from Rome just ahead. New twist, an officer involved in the Idaho College murders case, now the subject of his own investigation. Just ahead, what new court documents are revealing and the potential impact when the high profile trial begins. Closing time, Gwyneth Paltrow's ski crash trial expected to be in the hands of the jury today after her attorneys put the Oscar winner's accuser back on the stand. We'll have the very latest. All that plus, play ball. Baseball fans from coast to coast gearing up for opening day. The new changes to speed up the game and add some more excitement to America's pastime as you root, root, root for your home team. Today, Thursday, March 30th, 2023.
3: From NBC News, this is today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza.
2: Good to see you. Welcome to today. So glad that you're with us on a Thursday morning. Savannah is joining some time off this week. A lot of people are ready.
1: Baseball is back. It is back. It is back. In oh. fact, live looks right now at Yankee Stadium and their arch nemesis, of course, Fenway Park, uh, home of the Red Sox. Here's the thing, Huda Copy. For the first time since 1968, today, All 30 teams are going to be playing.
2: I'm glad we gave equal time to the Yankees and the Red Sox. That was good of
1: us. That was good of us.
2: All right. We've got a lot more on that in just a little bit. But we are going to start this morning. We've got two breaking stories overnight.
1: First, in Kentucky, a pair of U.S. Army Black Hawk helicopters crashing during a routine training mission. That investigation just getting underway this morning with some details still coming in right now.
2: And in Russia, a United States journalist has been detained, accused of being an American spy works at the Wall Street Journal. We'll have the very latest on both of these still developing stories, but we are going to start with that helicopter crash and NBC's Kathy Park. She made her way overnight to Trigg County, Kentucky. Kathy, what can you tell us?
4: Hoda, good morning to you. Fort Campbell officials have confirmed that nine soldiers have died in this crash. Meanwhile, roughly 40 miles away near the crash scene, one witness described seeing two helicopters flying extremely low last night, followed by an explosion in the sky. Overnight, two U.S. Blackhawk helicopters crashed during a military training incident about 40 miles away from Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Officials say crew members from the 101st Airborne Division were flying two HH-60 Blackhawk choppers during a routine training mission when the crash happened around 10 last night. Governor Andy Bashir tweeting overnight, We've got some tough news out of Fort Campbell with early reports of a helicopter crash. Please pray for all those affected. The crash occurred in a field, some wooded area, but primarily a field area. Troopers responded to the area and came across the wreckage of two military
0: Blackhawks.
4: One witness says the chopper seemed to be flying out of the ordinary before they crashed, lighting up an entire tree line.
0: Two helicopters just disappeared out of the sky and there was a large flash, And we ran outside and we started seeing um, another helicopter that circled that area where I thought the impact was.
5: Uh, for probably 30 minutes, and then we saw ambulances
2: uh, and sirens.
4: Fort Campbell releasing a statement saying the status of the crew members are unknown at this time. The command is currently focused on caring for the service members and their families. This incident comes just weeks after a Black Hawk helicopter from the Tennessee National Guard crashed in Alabama, killing two crew members. And Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir has made his way here to Fort Campbell to support the troops and their families during this very difficult time. Meanwhile, weather reports at the time of this crash suggest that things were relatively calm and conditions were clear.
2: Oda? All right, Kathy Park for us there in Kentucky. Kath, thank you.
1: And now to our other breaking story. Overnight, we've learned that an American journalist with the Wall Street Journal Has now been arrested in Russia on spying charges. NBC's Kelly Kobiea joins us with more on this breaking story. Kelly, what do we know here?
6: Oh, Craig, good morning. The Kremlin this morning is saying that uh, the journalist, Evan Gershkovich, was, quote, caught red-handed. Russia's top security agency, the FSB, is accusing Gershkovich of collecting state secrets for the U.S. government. They say they detained him in Russia's third biggest city, Yekaterinburg. That's about 900 miles east of Moscow, but didn't say when he was arrested. They say the charge carries a 20-year prison term. Gershkovich is in his early 30s. He's an American citizen from New Jersey. He's been the Wall Street Journal's Moscow correspondent for the past year. And he is accredited to work as a journalist in the country by Russia's foreign ministry. This morning, the Wall Street Journal said it vehemently denies the allegations from the FSB and seeks the immediate release of our trusted and dedicated reporter. We stand in solidarity with Evan and his family. We've reached out to the White House this morning and they confirmed that they're in touch with the Wall Street Journal. Craig. All
1: right. Kelly Kobiea a force there. Kelly, thank you. Also this morning, there are concerns
2: for the health of Pope Francis. The 86-year-old expected to spend several days in the hospital being treated for a respiratory infection. Of course, this comes just days before he's set to celebrate Holy Week. NBC's chief international correspondent Keir Simmons is in Rome for us. Hey, Keir, good morning.
7: Hey, Hoda, good morning to you. And some good news from the hospital where the Pope is on the 10th floor behind me there. That's the floor where the blinds are pulled down. The Vatican just telling us that he rested well overnight, that he's improving. He had breakfast, read the newspapers, did some work, and was even able to visit the private chapel for press. Pope Francis was taken to the hospital just hours after attending his weekly general audience. There was a hint that all was not well when he was seen grimacing as he was helped into the pope mobile. Tests revealing the 86-year-old pontiff has a respiratory infection, according to a Vatican spokesman, that while not COVID, will require several days of medical therapy. The Pope tweeting this morning, I'm touched by the many messages received in these hours, and I express my gratitude for the closeness and prayer. President Biden, whose Catholic faith is an important part of his life, calls the Pope a dear friend. The Pope is ill now, so say an extra prayer for him. The Vatican at first saying a medical checkup had been scheduled, but Italian media questioned that, reporting that a TV interview with the Pope was cancelled at the last moment. The Pope's health has not been robust. He used a wheelchair for over a year, as on his recent trip to Africa. However, more recently, he's been walking with a cane. When he was young, he had part of a lung removed due to severe pneumonia. And less than two years ago, he underwent major intestinal surgery to also remove part of his colon. Answering a question earlier this month on what health condition could lead him to step down, he said, a tiredness that doesn't let you see things clearly. NBC Vatican analyst Deborah Lubov saw the Pope earlier this month where he blessed her one-year-old son.
2: You never would have thought that there was any health issue whatsoever. He was so joyful.
7: This illness comes at one of the busiest times in the papal calendar, Holy Week, Pope Francis due to celebrate Palm Sunday this weekend, Easter Sunday, less than two weeks away. Earlier this month, Pope Francis celebrated his 10th anniversary as pontiff. This morning, prayers, including in his home country of Argentina for his swift recovery. Hard to believe, isn't it, Hoda, that it was a decade ago that we were here in Rome to see Pope Francis become Pope now, this morning, 1.4 billion Catholics around the world and many others, others of other faith, breathing something of a sigh of relief.
2: For I was going to say, Keir Simmons, thank you so much. It's good to have some good news this yes. morning that he ate. He read the paper. Yes. So he managed said. to get to prayers. Yes, he did it.
1: Uh, let us bring in NBC's senior medical correspondent, Dr. John Torres. So Dr. John, I mean, he's 86 years old. They've ruled out COVID, but I guess they did remove a piece of his lung when he was younger. What does all of this mean for someone his age, a respiratory infection?
8: And Craig, typically what it means is that he doesn't have quite the reserves that somebody who would have a full lung who didn't have that pneumonia when he was a teenager and isn't his age right now. And so he is battling this lung infection which is more than likely a pulmonary type of infection, a bacterial infection that requires antibiotics, that requires possibly oxygen therapy as well. And so this is the kind of condition that at his age, it can be a critical condition. And I think that's why they have him in the hospital just to treat him and to also monitor him, Craig.
2: Yeah, we know that he's robust and that he had some good indicators this morning, but I'm sure every doctor is looking at the risk factors. Like, So what are they looking at it as possible complications?
8: So the biggest complication... Looking at right now this infection worsening and actually turning into sepsis, which is a life-threatening condition. And so they want to make sure that doesn't happen. They want to get antibiotics on as early as possible and then continue to monitor him with the tests that we do to make sure he doesn't develop sepsis, which is that blood type infection. And if he does, to treat that as aggressively as possible. The greatest news is that this morning that he is actually improving and he is able to get some work done and was able to attend services. And so that's fantastic news that he is able to do that because at his age, that improvement could be slower than usual. Great news, indeed. Mm
1: -hmm. Dr. Torres, Dr. John, thank you. Thank you, Dr. John. All right,
2: let's turn now to an emotional scene in Nashville overnight, a citywide vigil to honor and mourn the three children and three adults who were killed in this week's school shooting. NBC's Katie Beck joins us with more on that, also with new details on the investigation. Hey, Katie, good morning.
9: Good morning, Hoda. That emotional vigil drawing hundreds to gather and grieve for the victims of Monday's shooting. Also this morning, we're hearing from a former teacher of the shooter who says she never could have expected this tragedy was possible. At Nashville's public square, an emotional tribute to the six victims of Monday's mass shooting at the Covenant School. Dr. Jill Biden among the mourners at the candlelight vigil. Earlier Wednesday, the First Lady laying flowers at a memorial outside the school, where Monday a shooter blasted through locked doors using a high-powered rifle, killing three adults and three children before dying in an encounter with police. Now investigators sifting through the writings that 28-year-old killer Audrey Hale left behind. A police spokesperson telling CNN it's possible the shooter had weapons training, but others never knew Hale to be violent or angry.
4: She was very calm, very quiet. College
9: art teacher Maria Colomy taught Hale in 2017, saying the student showed signs of emotional stress, crying once in class over a locked computer.
4: For the last year, the only thing she's posted on Facebook has been statuses about her grieving and how much pain she has been in. The nature of what she was posting seemed like it was a former romantic partner. But adding she never thought Hale could be a threat to anyone. There's no forgiving what she did, but she obviously was not in her right mental state for a long time.
9: Community leaders, meanwhile, are praising the staff at the school, who they say protected students and kept them calm during the attack. One teacher seen on video leading students away from the school. Jason Hoffman says he jumped out of his vehicle to help stop traffic.
3: I just saw fear. I saw these kids were screaming. They were crying.
9: All of it as a growing call for change now stretches from Nashville to Washington, where a renewed push for gun control legislation led to this heated exchange.
7: They won't do anything
0: to save the lives of our children. All that allows
10: teachers
7: to care. Oh, my God.
9: Just one example of the heated divide happening on Capitol Hill as House Democrats are calling for a new assault weapons ban with little to no support from Republicans who control that chamber. And here in Nashville, parents and kids will rally at the state capitol later today for tougher gun control measures here in Tennessee. Hoda.
2: All right, Katie, Beck for us there in Nashville, Tennessee. Katie, thanks.
1: Meanwhile, there are new developments this morning tied to the University of Idaho murders case, an investigation involving one of the officers in the investigation, NBC's Gotti Schwartz, has been following the story very closely. He joins us with some details. Gotti, good morning. Hey, good morning, Craig. While accused
5: killer Brian Kohlberger waits for trial in an Idaho jail cell, prosecutors are revealing potentially damaging findings about one of the police officers involved in the case. And those are findings that could help Kohlberger's case. As investigators continue to build their case against accused killer Brian Koberger, there are potentially troubling revelations about one of the police officers involved. In a new court filing known as a Brady Gilio notice, prosecutors disclosing that one of the officers on the case has been the subject of an internal affairs investigation. Still unknown whether the probe involves the officer's conduct on this case or in the past, but the information could potentially impeach the officer's credibility as a witness at trial. For example, if an officer is found to have falsified timesheets, that may have nothing to do with this case, but it does bear on the officer's credibility, and that must be disclosed. Under federal law, prosecutors are required to share this information with the defense, but in this case, the specifics remain confidential and sealed under court order. It's not likely that this disclosure will destroy the state's case. More likely, it will give the defense ammunition to use in cross-examination of a particular officer. This comes as 28 year old Kohlberger prepares to stand trial for the murders of University of Idaho students Kaylee Gonzalez, Madison Mogan, Ethan Chapin, and Zana Kernodal. He's accused of stabbing them to death in their off campus apartment last November. Authorities say Kohlberger is being held in isolation in an Idaho jail. His family has not visited him, but has been in contact by phone, according to a source close to them. The source also telling NBC News his family is facing financial hardships because of the expense of the case, and the Kohlberger's two sisters, Melissa, a school counselor, and Amanda, an actress, were both fired from their job since his arrest. Still, his family appears to be standing by him, saying in their only statement, We will continue to let the legal process unfold, and we will love and support our son and brother. Now, Kohlberger is expected to be back in court at the end of June. So far, he has not entered a plea yet, but one of his lawyers has said he expects to be exonerated. As for the victims, Ethan Chapin's family is starting a foundation in his name called Ethan Smile, and that, uh, that foundation will raise money for scholarships at the University of Idaho. Craig.
1: All right. Gotti Schwartz for us. Gotti, Thank you.
2: Seven, almost 717. Another big story this morning. Tens of millions facing the risk of severe weather. Of course, Al's tracking all those storms to see what we can expect. He's on the road in Cleveland this morning. Hey, Al.
0: Yeah, my old stomping around here at Channel 3 in Cleveland, but let's show you what we've got going on. We'll talk about why we're here a little bit later. A big storm, this next big one, it's already come on shore. And right now we've got uh, 9 million people under winter weather alerts, 26 million people under wind alerts, and that's going to be a big problem as this system makes its way east, redevelops uh, as the strong winds from the Rockies to the Plains will really get going. Severe storms developed by later this evening. We move into tomorrow, blizzard conditions in the plains in the upper Midwest and then rounds of heavy downpours, possible flooding. Here's what we're most concerned of. We've got two areas of moderate risk for tornadoes, long-track tornadoes, fast-moving storms moving up to highway speeds of 50 miles per hour or more with golf ball size hail. These areas in the hatch, This, these are the tornado danger areas. Risk for EF2 tornadoes or more, Davenport, Peoria, Waterloo, and then to the south. We're looking at Jonesboro, Memphis. This system will be moving to the east with heavy rain, damaging winds on Saturday into the northeast, snow across the midwest, rainfall amounts could be some flooding conditions, hourly rates of 1 to 2 inches through the mid Mississippi River Valley and take a look up north from the plains into the UP of Michigan, upwards of a foot of snow with possible blizzard conditions. And that is your latest weather, guys. Are you are you standing there on Roker Tower? Is that the is that your no, town? no, Roker, Roker Tower is is the Roker Tower is down the block. We're on the back porch of uh, of of course WKYC. Three oh. gave a speech last night at the University of Akron, the Delta Gamma Society. So and now here I am back home in Cleveland.
2: Well, uh, we've been seeing how they've been showering you with with love. We're going to try to show a few of those highlights. You should see yes. what they're what they're giving out uh, over there. Uh, All right, now we'll check in with you in a little bit. Still ahead here
1: on a Thursday okay. morning, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's closely watched ski crash trial nearing an end, and Kelly Hart tongue's been covering it for us
11: hey guys yeah after seven days of proceedings hours and hours of medical and scientific experts testimony and the oscar winner under oath the trial is in the home stretch coming up we'll tell you why the defense called the man who sued paltrow back to the stand
2: just ahead of today's closing arguments all right kaylee thanks also guys it's opening day and it's a new day for major league baseball We've Got some big changes in place In hopes of speeding up the game, making it a little bit more exciting, Uh, we're live at the home of the Miami Marlins, getting ready for the return of America's pastime. But first, this is Today on NBC.
6: Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom.
3: Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft, tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels
10: from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed.
2: Cherry Blossom, baby, we're back, 7.30. Look at those gorgeous cherry blossoms right there in the heart of Washington, D.C. And coming up, if you think you know how those came to be, there is a remarkable untold story behind those trees, and we have a groundbreaking woman to thank for those. So people have a theory, but yeah. just
1: wait till you see the piece. My, my wedding oh. pictures were taken right there. Oh, they were. Oh. Oh. In the background. How yes. how long do they bloom for? How long are they? Actually? They're a little early this yeah. year. Yeah. A little early, about yeah. yeah. ten days, I think Roker said, but they'll be yeah. out for a few more weeks. Okay. Tom Yamas is here with Savannah on vacation. We
2: got a lot to get to this half hour, guys, including the latest on Gwyneth Paltrow's ski crash trial.
5: Yeah, the case is expected to be in the hands of jurors today after closing arguments and a move by Paltrow's defense team calling her accuser back to the stand.
1: NBC's Kaylee Hartung has been following the trial for us from the very start. Kaylee, good morning to you.
11: Hey, good morning, guys. So just before resting their case, yes, Paltrow's lawyers put Terry Sanderson back on the witness stand, something of a last-ditch effort to discredit him. We will soon know if that strategy worked, as the jury could begin deliberations as early as this afternoon. In a final move to button up their case, when if Paltrow's defense team calling Terry Sanderson back to the stand?
3: Did you go to Europe?
2: Visit Netherlands, Germany, Switzerland, Italy, France, Belgium.
11: Showing the jury a carousel of photos as they grilled him on his extensive international travels since the 2016 ski crash.
2: Floated down the Amazon?
0: Uh, yes, I guess so.
2: Costa Rica. Did you do a zip line?
0: same trip yes
11: sanderson claiming those adventures were part of his healing process before once again we're counting the moment he says paltrow slammed into him on a utah ski slope seven years ago
0: and the silence was broken with a hysterical scream the very best hysterical scream you've ever heard
11: the retired optometrist is suing the actress for at least three hundred thousand dollars claiming the accident caused permanent brain damage that impacted his mental capacity
0: was not making good decisions and that sort of near death experience happened twice again.
2: And you blame Miss Paltrow, Miss Paltrow for all three of those near death experiences after true? I don't know if I Are said Are you that. claiming it right now in this lawsuit?
0: Yes, very unusual for me not to make good decisions medical decisions.
11: Paltrow is counter-suing Sanderson, testifying earlier in the trial that he actually crashed into her.
6: I feel very sorry for him. It seems like he's had a very difficult life, but I did not cause the accident.
11: The defense also calling expert after expert in an attempt to hammer home the point that the cognitive decline the 76-year-old has experienced was not due to a concussion.
3: Depression and anxiety can cause all of the symptoms that that he
8: is complaining of post-collision.
11: Sanderson's legal team trying to discredit each of those experts.
8: Again, I'm a simple country lawyer, but I can't read.
11: Pointing out that none of them personally examined Sanderson.
8: Doctor, do you commonly render opinions on your patients without a clinical exam? No.
11: I do feel confident in my opinions.
8: Why is that?
11: Because the facts are the facts. Each side now hoping that their version all of the, the truth of the will sway lunch. the jury. We all gathered. We this left. trial is being live streamed on the Internet and people are having a field day with it on social media, as we have all seen by now. And Paltrow's team has complained three times that the cameras in court have been too heavily focused on their celebrity client, which the judge said he would address. But seems like a.
2: This should be coming to a close soon, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it does. Kaylee Hartung. Kaylee, thank you. NBC
2: senior legal correspondent Laura Jarrett joins us now. Laura, boy, that was kind of brutal. Uh, Paltrow's team recalled the witness and to hear him say that he had been ziplining in Costa Rica seemed like a lot.
12: Yesterday was a tough day for yeah. Terry Sanderson, the man at the center of all this, partly because his whole theory is that his entire life was changed after this incident, right? The, the whole argument is that because of the collision, he had all of the his brain impalements. And now we hear him on the stand going through just a panoply of different trips. He was in his granddaughter's play. He's basically living his best life mm-hmm. after this incident. And so it just sort of took the sails, I think, out of his argument there. Yeah. Now, of course, we still haven't gotten the you know the, the final closings right. here, but that was a really tough day mm-hmm. for
1: him. Let's talk about the closing arguments here. <clears throat> what do both sides have to do to prove their case in closing.
12: So part of the issue here, of course, is that none of this was caught on camera, right? And so this is where the art of persuasion and sort mm-hmm. of the advocacy of the attorneys could really shine uh, because they don't have hard evidence and they don't have a smoking gun. They don't have a confession. They don't have anything to really tie it to. And so I think you're going to see um, the lawyers there, especially for Gwyneth Paltrow, try to say not only um, is she not at fault, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have any damages because they offered all of this medical okay. testimony showing that he. Perhaps he had some deficits, some brain issues even before this incident. And that's why all that expert testimony was so helpful.
2: So the trial's gotten this far. So we're waiting for a verdict, guilty or not guilty. Is there a chance that at this 11th hour, they'll say, you know what, let's just go ahead and settle up right well, now. You
12: could, but, you know, he's sort of lost, Terry Sanderson sort of lost yeah. his leverage at this point. Uh, and if they do that, perhaps, the, you know, the settlement amount will not be for what he wants. Right. She seems like she's really dug in and wants to fight this. Yeah. Remember, she's only asking for a dollar, but she is asking for her attorney's fees, which by all accounts, I haven't seen the bills, sure. but are probably a lot more than $300,000, which is what he's asking for. And so he may have dug himself in here in a way that he perhaps didn't anticipate. I, I
1: watched some of the testimony Testimony yesterday, and the, 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 the talk about him hanging out in the Amazon and ziplining in Costa Rica. And I thought, how did it get this far? How, why, why, I mean, based on just some of the evidence that's already been presented. Why wouldn't a judge have thrown out this case ahead of the trial? Uh,
12: it's rare for a judge to take it out of okay. the hands of the jury. He could have dismissed it before, uh, but it's it's rare at this point. The judge is not going to interrupt that process. He's going to let mm-hmm. the jury decide and see
2: what happens. All right. All right. We'll see what happens then. Thank you, Laura yeah. Jarrett. Thanks. Yep.
1: Still ahead here, Carson has a fun one for us. And pop start this morning. What had the Emmy-winning star of succession, Brian Cox himself, belting out a Spice Girls classic? Love
2: it. All right. But first, Sam Brock. He's taking us out to the ball game on opening day. All right, Sam, you got a good view there at Marlins Stadium?
3: Hold on. the best possible view. Where else would you want to be on opening day? In baseball, really hitting the ground running. Every single team is in action today, including the Marlins. And for so many of us, this evokes the best of childhood memories. Now, though, guys, we're waiting on a new era of rules that's going to make the game more dynamic, more explosive. That story right after the break. Hulu has movies. We're here to tell you again Hulu has movies that put you in the driver's seat like Ferrari, starring Adam Driver. Hulu has movies that'll terrify you, like The First Omen, plus the entire Omen franchise. Hulu has movies that'll inspire you, like Origin, directed by Ava DuVernay. Hulu has movies that'll make you hold on tight, like Bullet Train with Brad Pitt. We've said it before, and we'll keep saying it. Hulu has movies.
2: Now, 741 on a day filled with excitement and the hopes and dreams of baseball players and baseball fans everywhere. It's opening day for the Major League Baseball.
1: Yes, all about optimism, energy. And this year, the most significant rule changes that America's pastime has seen in generations. Mm. Changes designed to speed up the action, keep more fans engaged. Yeah, a
5: lot of fans are excited about this. NBC's Sam Brock is inside Lone Depot Park, the home of the great Miami Marlins. (laughs) Sam, good morning to you.
3: Two world championships, I might add, Tom. Hoda, Craig, good morning. Look, Major League Baseball on opening day is just the best. And think about the amount of energy that they're building off of right now, the momentum. In this very park where I'm standing right now, they just held the World Baseball Classic, which had an international audience on the edge of its seats. Now MLB's opening day, guys, is ushering in a new era of innovative rules. The Marlins are playing the Mets on this field in just a matter of hours as baseball is bursting with storylines. It's the same game that's made it America's pastime, but a brand new playing field for Major League Baseball as teams around the league prep ballparks and players take their cuts in anticipation of opening day. Here in Miami, there's a new skipper in town for an exciting Marlins team that just added a batting champion to their lineup.
5: In the long game here, um, obviously you'd like to get out on a, on a good, good start. When you're in this position in the Major Leagues, you are expected to try to win every single game.
3: Elsewhere, the sport is stacked with big-name stars wearing brand-new jerseys. Flamethrower Jacob deGrom, no longer a Met, but a Texas Ranger.
8: They showed a ton of interest right in the start, and the feelings were mutual and just very happy to be here.
3: While World Baseball Classic hero Trey Turner ditched Dodger Blue for the fanatical Phillies. And per usual, the spotlight will be bright on the Big Apple. The Mets have paired two future Hall of Fame aces, Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer, pushing their payroll into another stratosphere. And the Yanks re-signing Ruthie figure Aaron Judge after he broke the American League home run record and tapped Anthony Volpe to be their starting shortstop. You did it. You did it, guys. At 21, the youngest player on their opening day roster since Derek Jeter roamed the same position. Manager Aaron Boone, informing the stunned New Jersey native, as a hidden camera rolled. Welcome to New York. But maybe the most exciting development for baseball this year, a bump in the pace of play. For the first time, a pitch clock will be introduced. 15 seconds between pitches when no one's on base and 20 seconds with base runners. It's part of a slew of new rules meant to speed things up and add offense, like eliminating defensive shifts.
8: I think the idea is to open up some more holes for hitters and and to keep the game going a little bit.
3: The Marlins' John Birdie showing us how it would work during spring training. So far, the early returns are strong, with spring training games running 26 minutes shorter than last year and scoring up half a run, with the real test now just hours away.
1: So, I mean, Sam, how, how are the players, how are they really feeling about these, these rule changes?
3: Yeah. Craig, good question. You know, there's overwhelming support from the players. It's going to take a bit of an adjustment. That much is assumed, and we've already seen that play out in spring training. When you speak specifically about the pitch clock, initially there were a few violations per game. By the end of spring training, it was already down to about one. So there's a learning curve there that continues to go on, and the Yankees' ace, Garrett Cole, put it best. He said that these new rules in their totality are going to make the game more exciting, great, faster, and most importantly, engage younger fans. This is a win for everyone. Everybody. And let me just say, while I'm standing here on the field level, play ball, my friends. Here play we go. go Sam. I mean, Come on, Sam. <laughs> here's the thing: if Sam
1: Brock, if your performance in March Madness has been any indication, remember, Sam has been at that. What's yeah. where, where have you?
3: The good luck chart. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. The Marlins World Series, all the way. All there right, we go, go, baby. go we him, need Sam. it, Sam. You're a yeah. Marlins fan. Yeah.
1: Marlins fan or Hurricanes fan? Yeah. Of course you We're are. Those are right. your people. Practice. Come on. <laughs> we think Go. the changes are going to. Oh, yeah. I you think it'll be it.
3: Yeah.
2: I right? mean, unless you're in the stadium where it's always fun when you're yeah. watching at home. I can imagine where it's probably. A little league game.
1: It's so fun. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Just playing <laughs> Just play. <laughs> Season's still 162 yeah. games. Yeah. Up, yeah. So. Uh, folks, by the way, don't forget, you can watch Major League Baseball on Peacock starting April 23rd. catch MLB Sunday leadoff for the first game of the day. Again, that's Sundays on Peacock. Got all the good stuff. All
2: right, so you wonder how the weather's going to look for opening day. Let's check in with Al. He's in Cleveland. He's got the answer. Hey, Al.
0: Hey, you know what, guys? Actually, uh, uh, we've got a donut clock here. You know, uh, you've <laughs> got to eat a donut within 30 seconds. <laughs> These are uh, Jack Frost donuts oh. here in Cleveland, 1937. Uh, the, some of the best donuts ever. Yeah, oh, clock's up. <laughs> 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 good donut uh-huh. let's show you what we've got going on right now uh, out west we got a big fire weather threat because of dry conditions windy conditions so from el paso all the way to garden city to pueblo dusty winds low humidity gonna watch out for that rest of the day today got a spring chill out west and also northeast through the plains temperatures 10 to 15 degrees below average the good news is We're going to see temperatures start warming up tomorrow. Look at that. Kansas City, almost 75 degrees. Nashville, going to be 73. Washington, D.C., 70 degrees. And as we head on into the weekend, temperatures are going to be rising as we move into April. Look at that. Kansas City, you're going to be in the 70s. Cincinnati, 72. 77 in Memphis. And Chicago, you'll be up to 60 degrees by Monday. And that is your latest weather.
1: Guys. All right, right. Mr. Roker. Go and enjoy more of your donuts, sir. <laughs> Still ahead of here. We are going to lift your spirits on this Thursday morning, folks, because we have Grammy Award winning singer Lauren Daigle. Don't want to miss that one. But first, what
2: one man found in the mail that had his entire family jumping for joy. We got a special double boost coming up right after this. Like that.
0: Oh, good shot. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice.
1: Oh, we are back. Carson's joined yeah. the party Sold just the in time
2: for the boost. Let's hit it. Let's hit it. We got a double boost for you guys today. Both of them are featuring very proud parents. First, we got a dad. He's opening a letter telling him that his daughter got into her dream school.
6: Yeah! <laughs> yeah, baby! Yeah! <laughs> Oh
2: man! So here's how it worked out. Meredith knew she got in, so she <laughs> wrote a letter to her dad, who's a huge UVA fan. Oh. Printed a copy, addressed it to her father. So when he opened the mailbox, oh, he got the experience got the news. That's great. Yeah, That's awesome. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's All right, we got another idea, one yeah. because one is not enough. A woman named <laughs> Hallie and her parents logged onto the computer to find out that she passed her nursing board exam. Take a look. Well,
0: view exam results.
6: Oh yeah. Oh my god.
1: There you go. Yeah. Guess
2: what? Hallie is now a registered nurse. She said she was nervous about the test, she knew she'd put in years of work. It paid off. She said her parents have always been her biggest cheerleader. Uh, they've been cheering her on every step of the way.
1: You know what I loved about both those yeah. movies?
2: The parents yeah.
1: seemed more excited
2: than yeah. the actual children. That was pretty amazing. Are Man. there so many boosts
3: in the world? You have to double up now. Like
2: I, that? Well, you know what? When they're that good, they're so that's good, come on.
3: We need to have. We need to go story boost. Story, story boost. boost. Yeah. By the way, I like that. Pop start. Pop start. Pop start. <laughs> boost. boost.
2: Boost. Pop, pop start. start. No have you met All
10: Modern? All Modern brings you the best of modern furniture, and they deliver it for free in days. You heard that right, days. That way, you get your sofa ASAP and can sit comfortably while figuring out your other modern must-haves. At All Modern, you'll find only the best of modern, from Scandi to mid-century, minimalist to maximalist. Every piece is hand-vetted for quality by our team of experts and designed for real life. That's modern made simple. Shop now at allmodern.com.